Turn together to Book of Matthew, chapter twenty-five. Uh, it's good to be back with you. It's been a while since I've done any preaching here. I thank the the elders for uh, stepping in and giving me a little bit of a rest, and believe uh, God to use them to bring us some very timely things. This past Wednesday, we wrapped up our uh, summer community groups, and so what I want to do tonight, what I feel led led to, is kind of kind of bringing some some closure to that, I guess, and a little bit of where do we go from here. And so let me give a little bit of backstory. Uh, probably, I guess, at the end of of April, somewhere in there, uh, the Lord started just really, I think, pushing us as a congregation to look at. Uh, to look at stewardship a little bit differently, to expand our understanding of what, of what it is, um, to resist the tendency to just apply it to uh, money, finances, you know, that kind of stuff, and to realize that, that being a steward is it's kind of a, a, a wide definition, and it covers a lot of different areas of life. And specifically, the where he was, was uh, I think, stretching us was the fact that he had... Like to us as as a church and and like individuals, he had given us certain opportunities for us to to really um, to do some pretty amazing things. And so, in some ways, it was about being a good steward of the opportunities that he had given us. And some of that involved uh, would involve some financial things, and some of it would involve. Uh, having enough time in our schedules to be able to uh, to minister to people and to connect with them, and you kind of use this uh, passage in Leviticus chapter nineteen, where he, he tells the Israelites when it's time to um, to start cutting your fields, he tells them not to cut the fields all the way all the way to the fence, all the way into the corners. He says, you, you leave a little bit. You leave a little bit on the outside. You leave some margin around your fields. You leave some in the corner. If your workers are going through and they're, and they're cutting grain and some of it falls out of the basket, you leave it, leave it on the ground. He says, because that's not for you. That's for, that's for the poor. That's for people who are traveling through. That's for people who are, who are widows, who have, ha, have no one to provide for them. Because in that day, that's just kind of how it worked. And so God was telling his people, my, my people are going to be generous because I'm generous. And here's a practical way for you to build generosity into the way that you like, normally live. You cut your, cut your mar- leave wide margins, leave wide corners, so you can bless those who don't have. It was a way, I, I believe, of breaking them of uh, materialism and uh, teaching them that the crops were actually the Lord's that the people were the Lord's. So this was a Lord, uh, it was God's way of making sure that His people got some of, of His grain, you know, and His crops. He was making sure those two things connected and that human greed didn't get in the middle. And, and what that would do is that would, in a, 
through a very tangible and practical way, it would teach the people, like, oh, this, is, this, is, this isn't my field. This is the Lord's field. He said to cut a wide margin. We're cutting wide margins. Those people standing on the side who don't have anything, we're going to leave some for them because they're the Lord's people. And we see this from the, from the beginning, that there are some just really just tangible, practical things that God builds into everyday life in the community of Israel in order to shape some things in them. And so, kind of through that passage, we kind of pulled that into our context. And we said, okay, um, if, if God opens up an opportunity for us to bless someone, either as a church or you as an individual, and that, w- and that requires finances, like it requires like, money to be able to bless them somehow, if you, if you are living completely like check to check, and you're, uh, you're up to your eyeballs in debt, and you're terrible with money, and you overspend, and all this kind of stuff then it's the same thing as you've decided in the area of finance, I'm going to cut my corners all the way to the fence, and uh, my field all the way to the fence and all the way into the corners, because there's literally nothing left for people who need it. And so that's a challenge to us to say, okay, then I need to get more organized, because when God says, hey, um, here's, here's a need, and you cross paths with somebody, and, and they really, they just, they need whatever, they need 25 bucks or they need a meal, they need something, we need to have enough margin in our lives financially to be able to say, I can take care of that. And so it kind of starts, starts you on a journey and saying, um, okay, I need to begin to make some changes in the way that I view money and organize money and all that kind of stuff because I want to be one who is generous in that area. Or if, if that opportunity God has given you would require time, Someone just need like they just need to sit down. They need somebody who will listen to them and who will speak some truth to them and all that. But if you're like, look, I, I can pencil you in in like three weeks, maybe. Then that's just like saying in the area of time, I'm 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 cutting my field all the way to the fence and all the way into the corner. There's no time for anybody else. It's just time for me. And so I start just on this journey of saying, okay, I need to get better. I need to, I need to figure out. How do, how do I build t- margin into my life in the area of time? And so those were two of the, of the subjects that we tackled this summer in our, in our small groups. And, and I know that a lot of you were there. I know a lot of you were not there. Because there were some weeks when of the 20-something people on my list, there'd be like six, you know. And so I know it's summertime and uh, people have vacations and stuff like that. And, and, and I hope that when, hope that when, you, uh, when you have to miss something, regarding your faith family that you've committed to, I hope, I hope it's a legit reason. You know, because God doesn't put this stuff together randomly, you know, and, and the, attitude, the, the attitude is never like, well, you know, I mean, if you're there, you're there. If you're not, no big deal, whatever. That's, that's never the attitude, because we, what we believe as, you know, from a leadership standpoint is that God perfectly orchestrates everything. And yeah, if you got the flu, you stay home, you know. If you're on vacation, then be on vacation um, but there are some other times I think we really have to, to realize that, that God is, is just perfectly crafting all these things together to build us and to shape us. And so we need to be there, you know. Um, but those were two of the things that, that we tackled. The other two that we tackled were in the area of uh, spiritual gifts. That God has, has chosen to manifest himself in some very specific ways in all of our lives. And, and just the fact that like when those opportunities come up, He's basically sending you into these opportunities and letting like, his personality and his, his character and who he is just show up in your life and just flourish and, and reveal in those moments who God is. 
And so, you know, the issue really isn't like, what's my gift? Let me, let me take this test and figure out what my top three gifts are and all that junk. It's really just saying, look, I just want to like, be faithful and be obedient and go into there and just let God do whatever He wants. But we, there has to be margin in our lives in order for that to happen, in order for us to go in and really minister in that setting. We also tackled uh, the, the subject of free will in the sense that we have the freedom to choose whether or not we're, we're going like, to carry this out. So to go back to the, to the field analogy, we have the free will to, de- to decide and choose, am I going to cut the corners of my field? Uh, are they going to be wide, or, they're gonna, or am I going to go all the way to the, to the border? You know? Am I going to go all the way to the fence? Am I going to come in a little bit, or am I going to come in a lot? They were, they were having to figure out how to do this, and we have the capacity to choose. That God's gifted us that way. And so even being a good steward of that, the fact that we have that choice. And so what I wanted to do tonight is, is to kind of like not bring this stewardship deal to a close because I don't believe that he's done with it. But I do think that, that we need to kind of know, okay, where, where do we go from here uh, as a church? Because we're going to, you know, we have, I think, not too long before elementary schools and high schools get started and LSU starts and then everything kind of, kind of shift into the fall pretty quickly here. Uh, but I don't want to leave the summer behind too much. And so what we're going to do for the next few minutes, we're going to look at the parable of the talents and we're going to kind of look at stewardship uh, through the, the parable here that Jesus has to teach us and see what we can learn and see how that applies to the various things that he's been doing among us for the last couple of months and see where we go from here. So, parable of the talents, Matthew 25. We'll start verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. All right? We're going to stop right there. Okay? The, the it is the kingdom. You see in verse 1 uh, in the chapter, uh, he goes into these three parables about the kingdom. He says, then the kingdom of heaven, this is verse 1, kingdom of heaven will be like, and he goes through and tells this thing. And so then the second one, he's talking about this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. It looks like this. It looks like stewardship. You might say, okay, that's, that's kind of strange. But this, is, this verse sums up what stewardship is. man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Okay? So when, when you have been uh, entrusted with oversight of something that is not yours, it's a stewardship issue. Plain, plain and simple. So in this case, you know, we'll get into the, the talents, um, which is money. But when we're talking about stewardship, it can really go a number of different ways. You know, we talked about um, money and time and free will and uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, put together, because uh, I'm super, super into the internet, our old friend, Mr. Wordle. Um, these are a couple of the things that that we are also stewards of. Uh, the church. Right? He's entrusted us with the church. So he's put us together. And we see this, the gifts coming out. And a part of the gifts is that, is that there are people play different roles. And some of them, you know, we've had elders that have been uh, preaching. And so the role that they play is, is to provide um, 
shepherding and oversight to, to pastor and to lead all the big picture stuff for this church. And so we talk you know, a pretty good bit in our meetings about wanting to steward things well and to be good stewards of what He has entrusted to us, that, that this is His church, He's, he's the head of this church, uh, we are His bride. I mean, go with whatever analogy you want to go with, but the body, at the end of the day, this is not ours. And, and I, I, feel like our, I feel like our church you know, gets that. I think there are some churches out there that if they could learn that, it would completely redo the way they do a lot of things because they think that the church is theirs, theirs to guard. It's, it's not theirs to guard, it's theirs to, to steward. So anytime God entrusts you with something that is actually His, it's a stewardship thing. So this church is His. Um, money, all money is His. Every, every dollar on the entire planet in whatever currency you want to pick, it's all His money. And so just because you have a job that pays you X, you know, X amount per hour or whatever, uh, it doesn't mean that that money is your money. It means that God has given you a job, and through that job and through your hard work, He is giving you His money, uh, and He is entrusting that with you to steward well. So all money is His money. Um, orphans, it's very specific that we are to care for the fatherless. That's a responsibility of ours. You know, it's, it's not the responsibility of the government to take care of the orphans. God has handed that to the church, to His bride, to the Christians. But because we don't do a good job of it, the government has had to step in and these weird agencies and stuff like that. that, that, that um, I don't mean weird in a bad way. Sometimes it's bad. But in general, they're, they're doing the best they can with a job that they were not originally handed. And so I'm grateful for the organizations out there who are doing a good job with those who are fatherless. But I believe that the church needs to rise to the occasion and recognize that there are fatherless kids all over the place looking to be adopted, looking for foster care, looking for... And, and people who have a, they have a dad in the house, but they're really fatherless. We're, we're to steward them well. Uh, widows, kind of the same thing. Those without a covering. You need to make sure that, that people are provided for, taken care of. Um, the opportunities that He's given us. Uh, which is kind of what all, a lot of this stuff is really about. Just the fact that he's, he's like for example, for us as a church, said, hey, here, here's an opportunity. Um, we have, uh, we have some, some friends who live at Maison de Ami who are here with us, and uh, we, just, we need to get them here on Sundays to be a part of what, what's going on. We need some drivers, okay? That's an opportunity that you have, that we have as a church, to, to be able to, to be there and pro- simply provide transportation and we're so glad you guys are here with us, and we love that you're here every week, and that you're a normal like part of what goes on here. And this, we, it wouldn't be the same without you. But that's an opportunity for us to step in and to do something very simple like drive. Um, we're stewards of people. The relationship that God gives us, we got to, we're we're responsible, you know. Um, stewards of time, like we've talked about, uh, we're st- we're stewards of of the gospel. That He's entrusted to us. The things that we've been singing about, the things that we always sing about and talk about, he's, he's looked at, at us as the church and said, here, you are carriers of the good news of who Jesus is and what He has done and the, and the life that is available to cross from death into, into eternal life with Him. You take this and you bring it all over the planet. 
You bring it to work, you bring it to your homes, you bring it to India, you bring it to Mexico, you bring it to southern Spain, you bring it to wherever it is that you want to, like whatever it is I'm going to send you, here, you, you take the gospel. We're stewards of that. Um, we're stewards of truth. That as we live our lives, they're just filled with lies that are being communicated out there, that we have, we are, as like, we're the, the light, you know, we, we know what's true, and so when you're talking with someone and they're, and they're trying to find all their security and worth and value in some shallow relationship, you're able to say, well, as a steward of truth, I really need you to know this, that that's never, ever, ever going to tell you who you really are. That never will determine that for you. We're stewards of truth. We, we, carry, we carry that. We carry it into a, an environment that's filled with lies. And so we're to be stewards of that. We're stewards of our possessions that we use the places that we live and our vehicles and our clothing and all those things, we use those as ways of stewarding what He has given us. He said, look, I'm, he's, if God's provided you with a job and provided you with finances and provided you with a place to live, that when someone comes in and they have a need, if you can meet that need with some of your possessions, then you do that. You steward them to bless other people and not just bless yourself. Uh, Steward of our free will, which you've talked about. Being a steward of, of strangers. Like when Adam preached, he talks about hospitality and how strangers are not like, not like a weird thing. It's like people who, who they don't, like you don't know them. People who come in to, to hear or come into your home or come into your workplace or your community group or wherever, they don't have a sense of family like you do. And so you take this person who doesn't have a sense of family and you treat them like family and you bring them in. We have a responsibility there to steward that well. Um, spiritual gifts we've talked about. Children in general, if you are a parent, you are to steward those kids. Those kids are not yours. They're not yours. They're the Lord's. But He's looked at you and says, you, you look after this kid. He's entrusted you with their care and with provision and with nurturing and with discipleship and with all those things until one day they leave you and they'll, they'll leave you. God's looked at you and said, you steward them well. Creation. It's one we don't think about very often. We're to be stewards of the fact that here's this earth around us that God uses to point people to Him. There are parts of the, of the world where they don't have a Bible, but they have the Son and God uses the fact that they have the sun to let them know somebody, somebody's making, this is too organized for this to be random. And he uses that. And so we're to be good stewards of creation. That's why we do simple things like we don't litter, you know. We recycle if you can do that. And we take care of, of creation. It's, you're not being like, some, like a weirdo. You're not being like, I don't know, a hippie or whatever, whatever you want to call somebody who's like loves the earth. Someone loves the earth is because they understand this is God's and we're here to steward it. And yeah, people can get weird about it. People get weird about a lot of things, but we need to look at this creation and look around and say, this is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so we're to steward it well. And so this is just, these are just a few things that I thought of off the top of my head. We could probably just make a big old list. So here's the thing, it's about more than money. 
So there's all these things that God has entrusted to us, and all these things that are in reality, they're His. And He looks at you and He looks at me. And He says, here, you take care of this. Alright, look at the next, the next verse. To one He gave five talents, to another uh, two, to another one, to each according to His ability, and then he went away. All right? Each according to his ability. Now, it's, it'd be easy to, to misunderstand this. you know, and, and most of the misunderstanding will come from this weird motive that you have of trying to get out of being a good steward. Say, well, God must not think very much of me. He hadn't given me a lot of money. It's not about that. God hasn't given me a lot of opportunities. I'm not, I'm not as gifted as this person, so I guess, I guess he doesn't trust me that much. That's not what it's about. He gave to these servants based on their ability, which is based on their faithfulness as servants. It's just that simple. And so it's not about, it's not about saying, like, well, I mean, if he'd give me a billion dollars, I'd be like super faithful with it. So... Um, so I just need to be faithful with like $100, and maybe one day he'll give me a billion dollars. Well, not really. Whatever, whatever he's given you, it's about being faithful with what he's given you, not getting hung up on the amount. So you may, you may make whatever you make right now for the rest of your life, but your ability may increase as you're more and more faithful with that. So the more we are obedient, the more he gives, the more opportunity he gives. So if you have $100 and you are faithful with that, it doesn't mean he's going to quadruple it. All right? If you ever hear like, some preacher preach that, then like, go to the bathroom and then just keep going onto your car. You know, just don't, don't mess with that. That's a dangerous gospel to get into. If you have $100 and you're faithful with that $100, it doesn't mean he's going to quadruple it. It means he's going to give you more opportunities to be faithful with that $100. So if you're faithful, with, if you have $100 and, you're, and you have one person come up and they need something, and you're able to use some of that $100 to give them that, the increase that will come will be that maybe next time, maybe now you'll have two people that will come. Instead of giving 40 of that 100 maybe you'll be able to give 60 of that 100 or You know, it kind of plays out from there. So it's each according to his ability in the sense that they were faithful with what he had given them. So the guy that got five, he'd been really faithful and proven himself to be a good steward. The guy that had one... He'd not been very faithful. So he didn't have as much opportunity. But the thing about this verse that's, we, that's killer that we need to remember, it says, he gave him five, two, one, uh, and then he went away. And so this is kind of the, like, I'm not going to have like organized points tonight. So if that's how you work, I'm really sorry. But here's an organized point that maybe you can write down. Jesus has gone away. That, are, that the master has left. So, we sang about this, you know, how he, he came down to the earth, lived, so he's about 30, does about three years of ministry, gets these guys trained and equipped, and says, I'm giving you the keys to the church. You be responsible, you disciple them, you baptize them, you teach them my ways. I'll be back later. Until then, you be the steward. And he's gone. 
And so the, the wordle that we had up there with all that stuff, these are all these things that Jesus has handed to the church and said, here, you look after these things. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to go intercede for you every step of the moment. My spirit is going to, he's going to lead you and guide you into righteousness. Everything's going to be fine, um, but you, you look after this until I come back. So he's left us. He's equipped us. He's with us in a different sense. But we're to look after this stuff while he's gone. I told a story a while back about how like I would house sit when I was in college from one of my professors. And it was the weirdest thing. Like I would before they would leave, I would go over and he'd show me around like you know they had dogs and uh he had a Rolls Royce. Uh it was amazing. And I I he I had to start it every other day. Just you know. I couldn't drive it. I just had to start it, you know. So he had to show me how to start it and show me about the mail and all this stuff and when to turn what lamps on so people think people are gone. He would, he would walk me through the whole routine and then he would say, here are the keys, we're going on vacation and they would leave and go to wherever. And so for two weeks, I've got the keys, I've got, I, I have the list of everything, you know, that everything I'm supposed to do. I know the routine with the dogs, I know the routine with the lights, I know how to start the rolls, I know how to do all these things and the whole time he's gone, I'm, I'm keeping that going. I'm being a good steward of his possessions while he is away. And then he comes back, says, how is everything? And I say, everything was great, and here are your keys back, and, you know, whatever. And that's, that's how it works. And so God has looked at us and said, hey, here are the orphans. Hey, here's, here's the money. Here's the church. Here are people who don't have a sense of family. Um, here, here's 24 hours in a day, all right? Seven of them in a week and then a month and whatever. Here's, all, here's, here's time. Here's a watch. Here's a way to get organized or, or whatever. Um, like here's the capacity to choose, and these are the things that will help you choose well. And, and this is this, 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 this. Here you go. Here are the keys. I'm going. And so what we have to do is we have to look at all these things that he's given us and say, whoa, whoa. Aren't you glad you're not in any of this by yourself? I was a nervous wreck when I would house sit by myself. I told you all a couple weeks ago about how I'd have like friends. I was in college, so like people always wanted to come over. And I was like, y'all can't come over. Y'all are going to break stuff. And I was like the defender of the house in a sense. You know, like I felt that way. But we're not in this by ourselves. We don't, God doesn't look at one person and say, you got the orphans. You got the fatherless. No, he looks at us together says, all of you together with all your gifts and all your personalities and all your resources, all of you take care of the fatherless. Take care of those who don't have a sense of family. You don't have time, you build time into your life. You don't have money, you build those margins into your life. You don't know how to do that, you ask somebody who does and you get it done. It's too important. So he's He's gone. But he's equipped us with everything that we need. Let's keep going. Verse 16. So now we get to see what they, what they went and what they would do with it. He who had received the five talents went at once, of course, went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But the one who had received the one talent went, dug in the ground, 
and hid his master's money. Right? Exactly what we'd all do, right? Hid his master's money. Now, this isn't, this isn't about making money. It's easy to look at the guy with the five talents and be like, man, he doubled his money. Got the two talents. He doubled his money. The guy with the one who buried it in the ground, he didn't make anything off of it. It's easy to look and, and, and interpret this as like, okay, so we need, to be, we need to be making money. That's what this parable is about. This parable is not about making money. This parable is about being faithful with what has been stewarded to us, and that faithfulness, it produces. This parable is about production. In other words, God has not looked at you and trusted you with a certain amount of money and left and expecting you to double the money. He's expecting you to be fruitful and productive with the money that he's entrusted to you. So what does that look like? Well, it doesn't look like loading your closet with more and more clothes. It doesn't look like having more and more toys like a you know, like like grown-ups have, you know, like more fishing stuff or hunting stuff or shoes or whatever. I'll just pick all the stereotypes, right? It doesn't look like that. That's not the kind of productivity that God desires with what He has entrusted to us. With finances, He wants that to go and to bless people. He wants to meet your needs, absolutely. But He wants that to go and to bless other people. With the time that He has given you, He wants that to to be a blessing. The opportunities that are there, with creation that is there, with whatever it is that He has entrusted to you as an individual and to us as a church, that needs to be producing. That's what this is about. The, the, guys, the guy with the five talents and the two talents, the reason why they were good stewards is because they found a way to, to make something happen with what God had given them. They didn't just bury it in the ground. And so that's, what, that's, the, that's the, the call for us. is to say, what, to look at what is God entrusting to me what, that is in reality His, He's entrusting to me, and how can that bear fruit? How can that produce? I believe there's some things as a church that we're pushing into, and, then, and it's good and it's producing. And I know some individuals that you're pushing into some of those things, and you're figuring out, man, he's entrusted this with me, and he's opened up these opportunities, and he's really making some phenomenal things happen. That's what the parable is about. Saying so the things he's entrusted to you, they're not just for you. They're not to bury in the ground. They're not to be stifled. They're to get out there and to produce, produce blessing, produce honor and glory to the Lord, produce things that will point back to Jesus. That's, that's what he's called us to. That's what it means to be a good steward. And so I don't know what he's stirred in you over the summer, or maybe even just tonight. I don't, I don't really know what he's been going, but I can tell you this, in every single case, he wants to use that to, to produce fruit.
and not to sit there and be buried in the ground. That's what it comes down to for us. It's like a, it's like a, like a coin with two sides. Uh, if you think of like stewardship, the stewardship coin, one side, it's, it's, you can think of responsibility. That we have a responsibility to carry out the things that God has called us to. The other side of the coin is it's really an opportunity to bless and to grow. And so if we think of, we take both of those things and they make up the idea of stewardship, we realize that uh, the things He's entrusted to us, there's a lot of purpose, a lot of goodness in front of us when we are faithful stewards. Alright, look at verse 19. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Alright, little side note here. Uh, Jesus is coming back, and He's going to settle up with us. This is not something we should fear, you know, but something that we need to know, that while Jesus has, has left us, He's equipped us with everything we need, and he's, he's gone to prepare a place, He's also said, I'm coming back. And so at some point, we're going to all stand before Him, and we're going to have this discussion of stewardship like we're about to see play out in front of us. And there's nothing wrong with desiring that to be a pleasant conversation. It shouldn't let fear motivate us or anything like that, but we need to know that at some point you'll be able to stand before Jesus and you know the tendency is to go go to the negative, you know, and think that man, it's going to be terrible. He's just going to like tell us all the times that we dropped the ball. Maybe, but he's also going to tell you, hey, remember that time when uh, somebody needed that meal and you paid for it and you didn't brag about it on Twitter. And you didn't blog about it, and you didn't find a way to drop it into conversation, and you just let that be between you and that person and me. Uh, I saw that. You did good. Well done. You can have those, those kind of conversations. You can say, hey, you did a good job stewarding creation. You did a good job when I started to stir in you that, that you are a poor steward of your time and you really sat down and figured out how can I create more margin in my lives? How can I pull back from the fences in my life so that there's more time for people and to serve them and to love them and be with them? He's going to look at you and he's going to be able to say, you did awesome with my time that I entrusted to you while you were on the earth. You did great praying praying for those fatherless kids. You were so faithful to pray for those kids in India even though you never got to go see them face to face. And you're going to get to hang out with them for eternity, but I just want you to know that that was awesome. The, the Master is coming to settle accounts. I, I think we, we should not lose sight of that. We can't, let it, like, be, we can't just be, be scared and be like, oh, he's going to fuss at me. Hey, it's not what it's about. We're going to get to stand before Him. And so these three stood before the Master in the parable. Verse 20. He who had received the five talents came forward, 
bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, look at this response. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. See, that should be the goal for us. And all these different things that we're stewarding for Jesus to look at us and say, well done. You were good and you were faithful. We keep that desire in front of us. We keep all the weird motives out of, out of us. Then our stewardship is going in the right direction. When he says, I will set you over much, I think that's talking about future Reward. I think that's talking about the new earth. For us to realize that our stewardship, this side of heaven, is rewarded on the other side when we're living on the new planet, the new earth. A place that is, we take all the, all the garbage that sin has brought into the world, and you just take all that away, and you have this, just this perfect existence. But that's what heaven is. And so you may not get rewarded for your stewardship on this side. But it will not go unnoticed. I want to point out something that I think is probably the most neglected thing about stewardship in general. But to both of them, he says, Well done, good faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Then he says, Enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of your master. See, stewardship is relational. I talked about this in, in all the, the groups I led this, this summer. Stewardship is a relational thing for you. Enter into the joy of your master. We don't think about it that, that way a lot, you know. Like we think about stewardship as like being responsible and you know it's it's what it is, like you're you're yeah, res- just responsible. And Jesus is saying, Yeah, you're responsible. Look how much joy that brings me. Literally enter into the joy of, of your master. We're we're so good. I'm so proud, I'm so happy. I, I love you so much. And that's the thing about stewardship that we, we really have to, to fully embrace. And please, if you, if you miss all the other stuff, let's, let's take this away tonight. That these are, are tangible ways that you and I learn how to love Jesus more. is by stewarding His stuff. It builds the relationship with Him. So, people may, may come and 
ask me sometimes, like, you know, like I know that the biggest commandment is like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and all that stuff. And, like, I don't really know how to do that. Like, how do you, how do you love God more? Like, how do, you, how do you love Him? Like, you can't see Him, you can't hug Him, you can't hang out with Him, you can't this and this and this. Well, in light of this, I mean, I may not say this, cause it's, but I could say, well, do you tithe? I mean, do you, do you give toward the ministry of the church? Like, do you see money that way? Do you, do you create margin in your financial life so that you can bless other people and all that stuff? And if they say no, then what I could say is, well, tell you what, once you start doing that, and do it prayerfully, and ask the Lord to, to lead you, and ask Him and just to, to help you trust Him more with the fact that if you start giving you know, 10% or whatever to the church, then that's going to make things like really tight financially in other ways. And, uh, but just trust Him with that. And do that for a while. And be prayerful about it. And, and see if you, don't just, if you don't just love Him and trust Him a little bit more. If you don't see His personality at work in your life when you begin to do that and then like you never really, like you never seem to run out of money and like things, like everything just, just works. Start blessing people with your money and see if you don't end up loving more and more. Start creating time in your schedule to be able to sit down with people, have meaningful conversations with them, and see if that doesn't lead to you loving God more. Because it does, because that's what stewardship does. When we are good stewards, we enter into the joy of our Master. We love Him more. So Jesus, being just phenomenally wise, has looked at us and said, these people aren't going to have a clue how to love me. Let's build in some practical things. So he builds in baptism and he builds in the Lord's Supper and says, do these things, do these things just until I come back. Keep doing them. And you know what's crazy is every time we do them, you come away and you're like, wow. God's just too good. Because Jesus is really smart and he knows that we need tangible things. So he builds in tithing. He builds in ministry and using gifts and serving people. He builds all these things in. As we do them, one, it's to bless people, absolutely. But the other thing is we, we end up loving God more because we're like, I, I don't understand how you could love me first and now I get to love other people and there's this grace and there's this peace and there's all this stuff. I just don't really understand it. And then you're like, oh wait, okay, I get it. Now I love, I love it more. Okay, I see. I see how it works. Stewardship is designed to build our trust and our love for Him. We just, we just got to go for it. And this is not my way of trying to get people to give more money. Or it's, not my, it's, it's my way of saying, look, this is what the Bible is telling us. If you want to love God more, steward His stuff well. When I would house sit for that professor, he and I are forever connected because of that. Did it quite a few times while I was in school. And when I see him now, there's the bond that's there. It's weird. I know that he trusts me with his stuff. He knows that I respect him enough to steward it well. We're connected. Same, things ha- same thing happens with Jesus. Look at the last part. Look at 24 and 25. It gets a little dark here. I know I'm talking long, but it's been like a month. So, uh, He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Master answered him, 
You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Basically, he's calling him a liar right here. He says, then, then you ought to have used my money with the, uh, invested my money with the banker, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent and give it to him who has the ten talents. For everyone who has, who has will more be given. He, he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Cast a worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping, gnashing of teeth. See, the bottom line is that the poor, the servant who was a poor steward, he had a skewed understanding of who the master is. So he stewarded the, the, his possessions poorly. So at the root, stewardship for us really comes down to how do you view God? If all time is God's time, and He entrusts you with it, it really comes down to do you respect and love and adore God God and His holiness, or do you value yourself more? That will determine how you steward your time. All the things He's entrusted to us really come down to how you look at the owner. When I would house sit for, the, for that professor, uh, I had tremendous respect for him, which meant I had tremendous respect for his stuff. And so we have to we have to just consider that. That maybe sometimes we're poor stewards because we don't have a very high view of who God is. The beauty of that is that He can fix that. It's part of why we come together and sing and look at the Scriptures as we're reminded of how good He is. So, where, where, where do we go from here? I, I don't know. I know that the elders will be, will be talking about how we're doing stewarding the opportunities God's given us. We look at, at the finances a lot to make sure we're, we're responsible there. And as God do, opens up doors for ministry, we're, we're trying to keep a gauge on that. Work with our leaders and all that stuff. As far as you go, I, I don't know. That's, this is between you and Him. We have to keep some of these things in mind. That all this stuff, it belongs to God in the first place. And he's looked at you and said, hey, you look at this while I'm gone. And I'm coming back. And we're going to talk about how well you did with it. And I'm going to bless your socks off. With the things that you stewarded well. And so those things that we are called to steward, they're called to be things that produce fruit and blessings to other people. And things that connect us to the Lord. And so what's weird is that we have to be good stewards of our stewardship. We have to look at what he's entrusted to us and say, okay, he trusts me. Some pretty important things. What am I going to do with it? I don't know, where, I don't know what you're going to do, but I say it again, we're not in it by ourselves. So we work together to figure it out. So thank you for the summer that you gave to come on Wednesdays and, and to listen and to go through the rotation of things that we have. I believe God would use all those things to shape us and to mold us. And thanks for letting me talk a long time tonight. Like I said, it's been a couple weeks. So kind of 
pin up a little bit. But I believe God's. Do, I, I believe that this whole summer really is prepping us for a fall uh, semester. That's really. That's gonna just. It's just gonna be amazing. I think he's gonna. He's. I think he's gonna open up just a crazy amount of things before us. And so, uh, thanks for digging in. Let's keep digging in together. Uh, let me pray for us. We're gonna sing and respond a little bit, and then we'll go. Jesus, uh, certainly, I think we all have, we could all come up with reasons why you shouldn't trust us with your stuff. But the truth is, you don't really care about our lists. Uh, You look, and you know that you dwell in us, and that you empower our efforts and that you guide everything along just like you like it, and that you're the boss. And so you wouldn't have entrusted these things to us if, if our abilities weren't, weren't at that point. And so we thank you that you value us and pray that as whatever you stir in us and whatever you're taking us individually and corporately, that we would take this, this seriously. And Lord, that you would use us, us learning how to steward better. Um, you would use that process to teach us to love you more. And that's really what it comes down to. And so, just the idea that things like tithing and being organized with our time and loving on people and spending time with them and serving people, that those are ways that we can fall in love with you more. That's, that's what we want. We want you glorified through our lives. So help us to be faithful stewards that don't bury these things in the ground, but we look and say, how, how can this produce glory for our King? We love you, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Let's uh, stand together. Sing a little bit in response, because uh, sometimes we just need, we need that right song, you know, and that, We need a little bit of time to see what God's stirring in us. Let's sing together.